2: Joining us here today on the SEC Unfiltered Platform, featured by Mock 10 Sports, is the new voice of the Crimson Tide, Uh guy that I've looked up to for a long time now, is Chris Stewart joining us. Chris, appreciate you joining the show, man. I know it's been a wild week for you. I'm sure I was listening to some interview. I forget, it was the uh, process show y'all do on uh, Disrupt Media. I mean, you were yeah. saying you had 600 text messages. I'm sure it way got higher than that. Man, what has what the last week been like for you?
3: uh crazy but it's been it's it's they've been incredibly exciting uh surreal uh enjoyable this is uh, this is a job of a lifetime for me and I'm I've been so fortunate to be a part of the network for so long uh having done this yeah being a part of it in one capacity or another since 1998 uh basket been on baseball broadcast starting with david crane 24 years ago uh started doing the basketball play-by-play this is my 22nd season when i followed eli at that time so to uh to have done all that i've done with the network but to to have now the opportunity to to do the radio play-by-play um full-time for Alabama football I say that because two years ago I filled in for Eli it was his job I was a fill-in when he was sick just as he and and others had filled in for me when I was out uh, with my bypass and my well first my stroke six years ago and then the bypass and the infection that had me in the hospital for three months and he and, and others were so kind in filling in for me and, and doing that for me while I was unable to. Got to repay the, the favor uh, to him two years ago when he was out sick. Last year when uh, Learfield and, and Alabama Athletics said that you're one of the two announcers, which you know gave me that opportunity last year to, to feel like it's mine, uh, at least for a certain number of games and they made it clear. That's what it was. It was my job as it was Eli's, but we were given different roles on different games. So to to have it exclusively now or full-time uh, and to be the one voice, I guess you'd say, is something that's very, very special.
2: That's awesome. I'm fired up for you again. I mean, I'm sure it's been, cause you're a Montevallo grad. And so that, I'm sure that has to be like, you never thought in your wildest dreams, not because your ability or anything, <coughs> that you would be the voice of, if not the best athletics program, a top athletics program, top five in the country. You're the voice of that entire athletics department. That's That's got to be something, a childhood dream. You're like, man, I never would imagine it, that. I you know,
3: it's, it's truly, Dave, as you said, a childhood dream. I used to, you know, I have friends that I used to pretend I was a broadcaster and pretend that I was Coward Hosell because I thought as a four or five-year-old, that's what Howard Cosell's name was was coward wholesale i was too young and 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 didn't understand but um i have so many friends that have known me for so long you know parents of friends and and friends themselves that go you talked about this when you were a kid you said you were going to be the voice of the crimson tide as a kid um you know listening to john forney as a little boy uh listening to paul kennedy as a teenager been getting to know John and and I say that still I I hesitate to say John because I think of him as Mr. Forney but he insisted that I call him John um so I do and and so honored to have gotten to know him and um even talked to him literally uh the day that he died was something I cherish to this day and always will Paul Kennedy, having been a friend, become a friend, and somebody that I've leaned on quite a bit about this job and about the profession, uh, and and so honored that I would get a call from him like I did uh, recently as yesterday. Spent a half hour or more on the phone with Paul about this. Uh, having listened to Eli as a, as a kid on Birmingham Bulls hockey and the old WHA and then Barron's baseball and then watching him on the uh, back then the ABC affiliate in Birmingham when he was sports director at Channel 6. And and then listening to him in my late teen and uh, throughout my adult life and then having the privilege of literally sitting shoulder to shoulder with him to work on some Alabama football broadcast in addition to, you know, before that being the sideline guy with him. It's a very meaningful opportunity. You know, professionally, Dave, as you talked about, it's one of the top five easily, regardless of what conversation you want to have in college athletics, it's easily one of the top five. Um, But to, to have been a fan since childhood of the Tide and listening to those guys and then on a personal note, getting to be in that spot, uh, and follow men that I've known and respected my entire life. It is uh, it is quite an honor. It's quite an opportunity. It's one I don't take. It's a responsibility that I don't take lightly, but it's an opportunity that I'm extremely grateful for.
2: Again, I'm happy for you, and I know – I don't want to speak for the entire fan base, but obviously everybody, I know, is fired up, man. Everybody loves you. you being the voice of baseball, obviously basketball over the years since 2003. Was it 2002? I remember what game. I can't – I just always – Yeah,
3: it was, was o2 It was Alabama, Oklahoma, Garden, Madison Square Garden, my first time to ever be in New York. And I sit down at the garden as the voice of Bama basketball. So, it was, it was unreal. It really was.
2: Chris, this is one of my questions, too, but I mean, since we're going to talk about I was just going to bring it up here. Are you still going to take on the baseball play-by-play stuff, or is that still kind of being worked out?
3: It had already been decided before this was announced, like back months ago. Uh, I asked to come off of baseball on radio. I love it. It had absolutely nothing to do with uh, Rob Vaughn becoming the coach. In fact, I I had a visit with him to make sure he understood that that my – Stepping aside from that after 24 years had nothing to do with him. If anything, it made it tougher because I have so much respect and excitement for him and what. And clearly you can see with the start they've gotten off to why we'd have that excitement. He's going to do phenomenal things and uh, probably going to go to Omaha really soon, and I'll miss that. But the – and I will get a chance to still do games. I've already done a couple – uh, on SEC Plus, the streaming platform, and I will do more. I think I've got another 10, 15 that'll be on the schedule, uh, still to be worked out, but I will be around it. I'll be a part of it, just not on the radio side. Two things there. One, I wanted, to, first and foremost, I wanted the additional time at home. Uh, I've got a 12, soon to be 13 year old that, um, that's a golfer that I enjoy the time with him. I want to be around and follow him. This is my last go around. I've got a 23 year old daughter who's graduated college. I've got a soon to be 19 year old that's in his freshman year at Alabama. Um, anybody that's been a parent, they know when the when the last one comes around, you go, man, I better I better enjoy this. And so that's what I'm trying to do with him. But the other piece of that is Roger Hoover's been a great teammate and has earned the the opportunity to have his own sport to truly be the voice of in addition to the women's basketball that he's done for a long time. He's a really good baseball announcer. I know how much it means to him. And so it's, it's a great time to step aside and let him have the baseball and take the lead role on that. Just as happened when David crane moved and took over as the the lead voice at UAB. I got that opportunity with baseball at Alabama, I guess, 16 years ago now, um, and, and took that role on in addition to the, the men's basketball job that I had. And so with alumni, uh, appearances, red elephant clubs, other things that are asked of me, plus the chance to, to do baseball, but strictly at home and not have to be away for as many as four nights, uh, for certain trips or more, it was, it was a great opportunity, great time to be able to step aside and it just so happened that the football uh full-time thing came along after that decision had already been made
2: and obviously you're just gonna stick with basketball i mean everybody knows yeah. the voice of the alabama Crimson Tide todd basketball is chris stewart so transitioning to basketball here chris yeah from where you sit obviously you're sitting on the you and brian passing every game or sitting right there comparing this alabama team who's Tied with Tennessee for first place in the SEC with four games left. Again, in my opinion, I think it's going to come down to, you tell me if I'm wrong, Alabama, Tennessee, or Auburn, especially Auburn, Tennessee is yeah. a big one. I've heard you talk about on the radio. This is a massive one for Alabama tomorrow night in Oxford. There's you no got to have it. Yeah. you got to have it. What is kind of – I mean, obviously, I know there's some, obviously, differences. There's no Brandon Miller. But if there was something you think this team has, the 23-24 team it's currently in first place, has that – could benefit them for a deep tournament run that the team last year didn't have.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data
2: What, what would you kind of what would you say that is? What would you lean on from that perspective?
3: Well, the, the first thing that comes to mind, and I will say the only advantage that this team has over that one is that they don't have the incredibly unfair microscope on them or, or spotlight on them that last year's team had on them. That was so unfair. I'm amazed they did what they did with the pressure those guys were under, that was not fair at all. And I'm I'm done talking about that other than to say that in comparison. Yeah. What absolutely. this team doesn't have that that team did is the ability to lock you down on the defensive end. As explosive and dynamic as Brandon was offensively, he's a great defender. Yeah. Uh, Noah Clowney. Great defender, and they were better on that end. That team was better on that end than this one has been on a consistent basis. This team is athletic enough, talented enough, deep enough, I think, to be there. I think they can still get there defensively. But they've got to do it night in and night out because we've seen the nights they don't bring that, they can not only get beat, they can get embarrassed they've only mm-hmm. got three losses in league play but it's a, by a combined 60 points they have got to be locked in against great teams uh or on a night that other teams are great they've got to be locked in defensively because the offense is going to be there I mean we saw it we saw it Saturday in Lexington they got boat raced yeah and yet still almost scored 100 points still scored 95. You, yeah. yeah you still you give up 117 though. You're not going to beat anybody. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was disappointing, but I will be surprised if they don't come back and respond very well. I know everybody's talking about Saturday in Tennessee, and that's great. You're going to have game day there for the first time for men's basketball. It's the uh, – I think the first time a school has had football and basketball uh, game day on campus in the same year. It's it's gonna be special. It really is, but it is uh it will not have the same meaning if you don't take care of business against Ole Miss. Now here's the luxury. If you lose that game in Oxford and do find a way to beat Tennessee, now you're back in a tie with them and you went out, you're gonna be no worse than than tied for first, but you you eliminate any margin for error, if you lose this game to Ole Miss, because even if you beat Tennessee, you automatically lose the tiebreaker. You would have two losses to them. They went out. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be the league champion. They'll be the top seed. And there's a lot to be said, you know, for being that top seed, getting that early game on Friday, so that you can be a little more rested on Saturday and and sunday uh, than if you play a later game on friday and then were to win and play on saturday but i i don't they don't need anything to rattle their confidence right now they need to bounce back as they did the last two times they had losses Mm -hmm. play well get the win move into that matchup with tennessee and go relax go have fun go play at the level they're capable of it'll be an unbelievable atmosphere but it'll be amped up even more if Bama can get that win in Oxford on Wednesday.
2: Chris, I'm glad you brought that up. You teed me up for my next two questions here. Just bluntly, do you think 14-4 and four wins the league this year
3: for anybody? I, to I, I think it's got a, a very good chance to be a share of it. I think three losses and you win it outright. But, right. but if you are uh, – if you're there with four losses, then I think there's a chance to a very good chance that that there will be a tie for the league. I should know, but I've forgotten who Tennessee has left besides Auburn.
2: They uh, probably have the toughest slate. They still got South Carolina and Kentucky plus Auburn, yeah. And
3: Bama.
2: Well, good. You you've made me feel slightly better about four losses. Auburn's uh, the one they, with the easier path a little bit, and if they don't lose tomorrow. You kind of – they're like, they still got Georgia, Missouri, State at home, and I think that's it, where it's like tomorrow – Auburn will be favored in every game left after tomorrow.
3: So, remind me, Auburn's got four losses, right? Auburn's got four. They're a game
2: back at Tennessee. Okay,
3: right. So, if you're sitting there looking at a, you know, a three-way tie, uh, I know this. If Bama wants to have a part of it, I don't see how they can – I don't see how they can have more than – than four losses because of what you just mentioned with Auburn. I don't think – I don't think uh, if Auburn beats Tennessee, I don't think they lose again. So I don't think you can be there at five. And and look, you've got Ole Miss on the road, which has Mm -hmm. been a very good team at Oxford. You've got uh, obviously Tennessee at home. Then you've got Florida in Gainesville. And I know what Arkansas's record is. But you know good and well that they will want to come in and have the chance to play spoiler and factor into the SEC race in terms of wrecking it for somebody, especially Alabama, even if they've got no shot of factoring it in. And, and Arkansas you know not won the league since Eric Musselman's been there, so spoiler is the best they can, can opt to do right now.
2: Yeah, Arkansas, they, Like you said, they're, they're riding a little momentum. They got, there's some air back in the tires there from us, but they're back on the road. Yeah. They're off the road. They're getting a little better. But before we wrap up, just last few, que- few, last few questions here for you, Chris, before we get to football real fast. If I were to tell you, thinking about this, when they hired Nate Oates, let's just say Alabama does win the SEC this year. If I were to tell you five, six years ago that Nate Oates, when they hired him, would win the SEC regular season three of the last four years, and let's just say Alabama gets a three seed this year, so and you go back and average the last, I think I was looking at it, average the seeds of the last four years, they would have averaged a three seed. So you're winning the SEC three of the last four years. You're averaging in a four-year span a three seed in the NCAA tournament. Are you kind of like, there's no way? Just the consistency well, of the program, yeah. he's putting that in on a year-to-year basis now. Dave, there's no doubt he's
3: exceeded expectations. But I'm going to break this up two different ways. Take Take this year out of the equation first and think about what he's done in four years, winning two SEC regular season and tournament titles. Correct. You know, it's difficult to win the regular season, extremely difficult. But then to go into the league tournament with everybody gunning for you because you are the regular season champion, and to still manage to win the tournament title both of those years, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So the the double-double twice in three years, Amazing, but now let's just take this year and look at it on its own. Nine new players, only three scholarship returnees at the start of the year. He took a a walk on in Kai Spears and made him a scholarship player after Christmas. But in terms of coming into the year, true scholarship true no. guys, yeah. three, three, nine new players added to that. By the way, your coaching staff. All three guys, Brian Hodgson, Charlie Henry, Antoine Petway, had been a part of your staff four years in building what you built at Alabama. They're all gone to Division I head coaching jobs. All three gone. You gotta, he said, I had to hire people just to have somebody to talk to around the office. Because not only do those three guys leave, but they take lower level staff people with them yeah. who get a chance to move up professionally into different roles. So I'm not going to say it was a completely empty office, but it was a mostly empty office. You know, he had a ton. He had to go hire assistants while he's still recruiting and then get them to help go and get those pieces that would give them a full roster this year. And to be here with four games left, tied for the league lead, look, we all want the ring. We all understand that's the goal. It's not what you've done to this point. That everybody will remember you for but in the moment it shouldn't be lost on what he's done just to get them in contention they were picked fifth in the preseason the ironic thing is this is the third time they've been picked fifth in the preseason he won the league championship each of the last two times and he said going into the year hey the last two times they picked us fifth we won it this is a pretty good spot to be in and dad gum if they're not right there with a chance to win it all again if they could find a way to win at least three and probably four of these uh, games that are left.
2: No, you're right. I remember him saying that at SEC Media Days. But you're right. I think that's something nationally no one really talks about. I saw someone, I forget who it was, Mick, was he, under the radar, should probably be up for National Coach of the Year if you factor. There's in no
3: doubt. And team he's team. on the list. I mean, he's on yeah. the short list for that, um, and he absolutely deserves it. It's amazing what he's done.
2: Chris, transition to football. Two more questions again before we get you out of here. How weird was it for you the other day? What game was it? Was it a, I think it was the Texas A&M game. You, I heard you say coming into the building is the former head football coach of the University of Alabama, Nick Saban. Yeah. How weird is that for you to say after the last 17 years of him manning the fourth there?
3: You know, let me let me be clear. I'm I'm really excited about what Alabama football will look like under Caleb Demore. I think Greg Byrne made a phenomenal hire. Um a great choice the man's record speaks for itself if you if you were there especially but if you even if you watched the press conference where he was introduced mm-hmm. the guy the guy fits and the guy is going to be great that being said and to your point man you pay attention more than i do on this stuff but i do remember saying when we looked on the baseline and i was actually going to reference herb jones and noah Clowney being at that particular ball game i've forgotten who it was but i said and by the way in sitting in front of them and this is the first time i've ever said it and i'm gonna probably get a little choked up on this one but also in attendance the now former head coach of the alabama crimson tide nick saban uh it's very surreal to think of him in the past tense and there were a lot of us um both media members athletic department staff and uh, boosters and donors to the program that I had conversations with and we said you know really really do like the divorce and the melancholy mood that we're in has nothing to do with them or or how we feel about them coming into the program but it was so surreal for me to be standing at that podium to start the press conference and for me to look down in front and see probably the greatest college football of all time Nick Saban sitting there as a spectator rather than a participant Mm
1: -hmm. in that
3: there are so many things that I had done in that building in that very same spot I've emceed the The Knicks Kids, which is his charity, Luncheon, many, many times over the years. I've introduced him for so many other events and so fortunate and privileged to do that. But I got to visit with him for about 10 or 15 minutes before all that took place. He was so relaxed. He looked so at peace. He was as laid back as I've ever encountered him to be. And I was happy for him. But it's sad to see that era and that run come to a close. And it made me wish, although it has nothing to do with his era, because eight national championships as opposed to seven isn't going to change the narrative, but it would have been just perfect for him to go out with one more national championship. Uh, And sadly, sadly it was about a minute away from taking place because Again, with all due respect to the guy who's now in the in the chair, we'd have beaten Washington, uh, just like, just like I think so in my heart, just like Michigan did. But uh, just amazed that as a child I got a chance to witness the last, I guess, twelve years of Bear Bryant's run at the University of Alabama, and as a professional, having a chance to witness from a front row seat uh, a run that at least historically matches, if not exceeds, what Coach Bryant did.
2: And you brought up Kalen DeBoer, and that'll lead me to my last question for you here, Chris. What what has kind of been your interactions? I don't Again, I don't know how many you've had with him. What are just some initial thoughts from Kalen DeBoer a little bit? I saw the uh, next round crew is going to be at the Malmore facility yesterday. I feel like yeah. you never. Saw that under Coach Saban, so it's like it's going to be a little bit different, probably a little bit more open to media, no right or wrong. But I just want to know your initial thoughts your initial interactions with Coach DeBoer.
3: Minimal, so far. Just to be candid, Uh, there was a there was kind of a holding area. It was really the recruiting room is where uh, I was asked to be at about twelve thirty or so before the press conference began at one and you know, when i went there uh dr stewart bell the university president his wife susan were there we we had only talked for less than five minutes when coach saban and miss terry came in and, and visited with him for about 10 or 15 minutes and then we look up and here comes uh coach DeBoer, his wife and people that had been with him including uh greg and regina byrne um and greg introduced me to him and there was not more than a 30 second interaction with him Mm -hmm. there was so much going on shook his hand on the podium uh he came by and i i understand he was only being courteous to shake my hand as he was going to dr bell and then to uh the (laughs) chancellor uh finest saint john but he did he shook my hand in and then i shook hands with he and his wife once it was Mm -hmm. all over with that's it that's all the interaction i've had I know we're going to have a lot of uh, of time probably on the road at red elephant club meetings or alumni events uh or other appearances that will that will be coming in in the months ahead once the initial work of putting everything in place i'll be available whenever he needs me i'm not going to be um around to be in the way any more than i was with with coach And i will when summoned i will arrive uh otherwise i will I will be out of the, the way uh, until I'm needed, but I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity that I have professionally to work with him, and I'm excited to see as a fan what Alabama football will be with him continuing the legacy of, of Coach Saban and others before Coach uh, arrived in Tuscaloosa.
2: Well, Chris, I appreciate you joining us, man. I know it's been a big week for you, an exciting week, but I'm sure a hectic week is the new voice of the Crimson Tide, not only for basketball, but obviously football now. Man, I appreciate you joining us again. We'll love to have you back anytime. Man, yeah, I appreciate Dave. you taking some time uh, out of your Tuesday morning to join us.
3: Yeah, I'm glad to do it. I, you do a great job with us, Dave. It's fun to talk to you. So I appreciate you having me, and we'll do it anytime. Just let me know. Appreciate you saying that. Take care.